what does a dad do? So now that I'm a dad myself for about two years now, um, I, I guess it's just gonna be different over time. Father's Day mean to me, uh, it mean a lot. Um, it's just uh, nice feelings. When my daughter was born, was something really special for me. Um, then my son come along, and that was something that definitely was really, really special. Now I have a girl and a boy, and it's something really, really nice to to accomplish. He protects. He corrects. He's supportive. He upholds. He upholds his family, and he is the cornerstone of his family. Um, a dad. A true dad will be there for his family in the worst times and the best times, and he's there to hold the family together. Welcome to the Interim Whisper, the show all about the future of work. So on today's show, it is just myself and Axel. Say hi, Axel. Hello. He's waving. Everybody. Yeah, he's super friendly. <laughs> the Interim Whisperer Employer Tip of the Week is you want to discuss communication preferences. Always ask your intern, what is the best way I can reach you right away? Maybe it's text, maybe it's Facebook Messenger, maybe it's whatever it is. Is it email? I doubt it. They don't tend to reply to that as much. Um, however, you do want to make sure that you are communicating with them daily, as a matter of fact. And also let them know that what your communication preferences are. How is the best way that they can ensure that they're going to get your attention? You want to establish time frames, such as is a standard time to you know, text each other or communicate? Is it going to be 8 a.m. to 8 p.m.? Not saying that's what it's supposed to be, but whatever is the best for your business. And then that's just an example. And then for you each to observe healthy boundaries. So if you tell them it's okay to text you as late as 11 o'clock at night, don't be surprised. But you can also say, let's keep it within standard business hours and define that. Last, you wanna make sure that you're communicating daily. As I mentioned earlier, we use Asana as a way to tag each other um, to keep everyone in our team on, on the communication loop. And we also let them, I also ask and recommend that employers tell their interns to check their emails first thing. And I mean, whatever the business email is, however you're communicating with them, be sure to check in with them and have them check their emails first thing in the morning, halfway through the day, before they sign off for the day, just so that if there's any email that's coming through at a minimum, it should be three times, preferably check a lot because in business, we use emails a lot. That is your Intern Whisper Tip of the Week. So now we're going to be looking at Father's Day. We're going to celebrate mm -hmm. Father's Day and the future of the retail industry. And it's like part two. So we did this for Mother's Day, but we're going to continue this and look at how these two days of mother and fathers, we are celebrating them. So Father's Day is an acknowledgement of all fathers. And we need to think that there are some non-traditional and traditional dads in there. We're going to talk about that. But it's there to specifically celebrate and honor the men that have embraced the role of being a dad. We want to thank those dads for their sacrifices that they've made for helping to nurture and mature and grow children. 
that will be good role models in their own family. So let's hear from some people on the street what they had to say about what a dad does. Oh, a dad protects, a dad loves, a dad teaches, a dad disciplines. A dad's primary job is to basically teach you how to be like a, a good mem member of society. Like he teaches you um, kind of like the ethics and the morals that you should live by. I think a dad models how to live your life. We're going to look at a brief history of Father's Day. So Axel, kick us off here. Yeah. When did it first come around? So the very first time it came around was in West Virginia, July 5th, 1908, in a church. So it was like we're the first one. So it was at a church sermon where they celebrated because 362 men died in an explosion that happened back in December in Farmont Coal Company. So that was like the very first time that they did it, but it did not become like an annual holiday. So they celebrated again on June 19, 1910 by a woman of the name Sonora Smart Dodd, who came up with the idea of honoring her father because her father pretty much raised not just her, but uh, six of their kids. So they celebrated, she wanted to celebrate him because he, he was pretty much the only person there. So the, the mom passed away. In childbirth, yeah, I remember you saying that. Of the six kids. So he was pretty much a widow of a father. And not only that, he was also a Civil War vet, which is incredible of not only was he a Civil War veteran, but he raised six kids on his own. So she wanted to dedicate that not only to her dad, to, but to dads that were like that, that pretty much raised their kids by themselves. Hmm. That is very interesting. So anyway, men didn't really want to really honor, have this yeah. day of honor being projected upon them because, you know, most guys are going, oh, wait a minute, isn't that a Mother's Day thing? Yeah. I don't really want to have that. So I don't need that kind of recognition. Um, so they're holding back a little bit. By 1938, the National Dry Goods Retail Organization announced plans to make Father's Day an important event. That's when commercialization sets in. We begin to see it because, you know, wait. Yeah, but look at it. Think about it. This is a National Dry Goods Retail Organization. They're out there to sell stuff. So does it go, you know, big at that point in time? No. But I would say that is the turning point right there because they went, hey, wait a minute. We can sell stuff because there are other people that will want to recognize the men, even if the men don't want it. Yep. So they went and the next year retailers of all stripes and I mean, all types of people were joining in and it became the National Council for the Promotion of Father's Day, a kind of super group that was aiming to make this a more popular holiday. And it took the civic leaders to make that holiday, you know, official. Um, they were really questioning if they make the holiday lucrative, can they do it without having industry ties being too obvious? The key to the success of Father's Day was to make the commercialization to be like non-commercial, to make it look like, oh no, we're not here to make money. Yeah. We're just here to honor our dads. So in 1972, that's really funny because in Mother's Day, when was Mother's Day first recognized? Mother's Day was first recognized in 1907. <laughs> yeah. So when we look at when Father's Day was first recognized, we have to go way back over here. It was in 1908. 
is when that church started. So it's pretty much they're lining up with each other as to when they're actually launching it. But Father's Day became way official, way later, way later um, in the history of the United States. And the reason for that is because a lot of fathers just did not want that. They just didn't because they felt like people were just going to like, oh, we're just going to use that just for sales. To sell ties. To sell ties and stuff like that. So a lot of people not like that because of that because they thought it would be some sort of like commercial thing where like we're not... I don't want you to sell stuff so that I, I, I would have to buy it. That's mm-hmm, why I thought. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, they thought that giving out flowers would be like. Oh, like you don't give men thing. flowers. Yeah. Men don't want flowers. Yeah, like a girly thing. So yeah. <laughs> that's why a lot of them like refused it. That's why it took 60 plus years for it. Mm-hmm. So it officially, it was not until 1972 that President Nixon signed a proclamation making Father's Day a national holiday in the United States. So that is really, really interesting to mm-hmm. me. And there are how many fathers? 72.2 million fathers in, in the, the United world. States in 2020, <laughs> just last year. Yeah. In just the United States, that's a lot of men being dads, whether they're married or not married, you know, however they came to be fathers, this or stepdads, honestly. This year, Father's Day, just so our listeners know, is observed on June 20th, so get ready for it. And you wanna make sure that you're thinking about what is it that you could do that's going to honor your dad in a way that makes him happy because we really don't have to buy them anything. (laughs) So let's look at how much money people spend on Father's Day. The National Retail Federation, also known as NRA, predicts that Americans will spend about $16 billion on gifts for dad with the average person spending about $139. And how much did they spend on Mother's Day? Mother's Day, they spent $25 billion. Yeah, that is a lot that more money. More. <laughs> no, that's not nine, but is it? Yeah, yeah it is nine billion. billion. Yeah. Billion yeah, it is. Yeah, my math is off there. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Um, Other studies show that 45% of the dads want something unique. And that came up when we were doing the research about what is it the dads want. So that little necklace that you made out of Fruit Loops when you were in (laughs) kindergarten, they love that kind of stuff. They will also eat it. (laughs) They they would. Yeah, it's food. food. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, let's see. So statistics claim that the most popular gift is a greeting card. I don't know. Do you think men like greeting cards? Compared to a whole lot of stuff, I think it's the least that you can do. Do you do you like getting birthday cards or birthday present or just somebody telling you happy present. birthday? Wait, I was talking. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now answer the question. Okay. Birthday card, birthday present, or just being told happy birthday? I think a present because I like it when someone like surprises me. And I've had that in the past couple of years where uh, they've actually surprised me. And it's been a couple of times where my family has not said happy birthday. And the reason why is because they want to surprise me. And they get like, and sometimes like during the day, I'm like, no one said happy birthday to me. Like, what? <laughs> so I'm like, are you serious right now? And then next you know, they does like, that still work? Me. It does. It kind of does because like, uh, everybody has their own thing. No, what I'm asking is, 
does that still work? Like they fooled you once. Could they sit here and not tell you happy birthday again and do that every year uh, and you oh, wouldn't no, catch no, on? No, no. I, I actually did catch on. It was a couple of years ago. I, I, I knew something was up, but I did not know what it was. But mm-hmm. I figured that, yeah. But they, they, they have surprised me of like cake. Somehow they like hide it somewhere. I don't even know how, but they hide it inside the house somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they surprised me. And I was like, oh, well, I got cake. You didn't even know that. So, but they, they've actually surprised me, like, really good. Like, my family's really good at, like, keeping me away from, like, certain things. Like, okay, let's put him over here. And and it's funny because we all do that to, like, all of our families. We literally do that. We, we did it to my mom, my sister. So we're, like, really well at, like, keeping them occupied with something else while we go. Are doing something yeah. secret. I so got you. We are really good at that. I don't know about other families, but I know my family is really good at that. Yeah. I know this is something I didn't even mention to you, but I'm going to be throwing it out here. I, I know I'm going to be talking about my dad, but I know that not everybody has yeah. a dad that's around. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's in my case. Um, we weren't, it's sad, but um, I do remember some positive things about him. Um, he never hit me. <clears throat> Yeah, that's like the minimum a dad should do. Yeah, so, um, my mom did, but my dad never put him down while he was with me. And I did visit him a couple of times um, while I went back. And uh, it was it, it was really cool just like um, ha- having a connection. And that's something that we did have. Um, now, I'm not connected anymore, but I remember at that time, um, that's how I got into like... Um, Is he in Puerto Rico? He's actually in Boston. Okay. So he actually moved. Um, and I think I know the reason why. I'm not no, let's it, not. Yeah. yeah, let's stay I, clear. I, I know the reason why, but I'm not going to say that. Um, but while, because uh, like a lot of traits that I have are from him. So um, humor is one of them. Uh, that's what my mom told me. Like you have a lot of the things that your dad has. So that's one of them. And then um, being very um, like a patient. That's something that I got that my mom is clearly not patient, but he was. Uh, she's she's told me like you're like your dad, and like you're very patient, you're very nonchalant, which uh, I think it's good. I don't think it's bad at all. Being very calm, you, even on like bad days, even if I have a bad day, like I do get mad, but I do like calm myself down. So that's one trait that I got from that, and everything else is from my mom. <laughs> got it. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be looking at over here, we talked about how much people spend on moms and everybody has a mom and everybody has a dad. So, you know, as we, I, I kind of thought it would be less that people spend on dads than what this number is. 25 billion is a lot of money still. Uh, Americans plan to spend a total of 3.34 billion to make it even more memorable for their dads. And I would guess it's this year. And clothing came in third. So all of those ties you're buying your dad, third place. Apparently shirts and uh, ties are certainly still important. They want to give their dads makeovers and that would be a 2.51 billion in this year, followed by gift cards, books, and movies. So there's a lot of things that people can do for their dad to make it a very special day, to make it be something that is more than just memorable. I've really found it interesting when you and I were going over the interviews, a lot of people had, it was either one way or another. 
They yeah. talked about something that they actually bought to give their dad, or it was something that they did that came from the heart, such as giving the gift of time. Yeah, yeah, because um, a lot of dads don't really, from my personal experience and other family members that I've met, a lot of dads don't um, don't really like um, getting gifts, but what they do is they love like spending time with their kids. That's that's like the, the most important thing that they want, like spending time with their kids and like, giving them gifts that they grew up not having as well. And I think that's a very big deal when it comes to like how how uh, cer certain dads have grown up with even even without a dad they're like man I don't want that to happen to my kid so they literally want to spend all their time with them and I think it's really awesome how like a lot of them do spend a lot of their time and like it's a very big sacrifice because a lot of the people that I know had kids early too see I don't see that as a sacrifice I disagree I feel like that's what a parent is supposed to do I think that it becomes a sacrifice to maybe the spouse that you're with or the other, if you don't keep it a balanced relationship. I think that the best gift that a uh, child, a parent can give their, their child is to let them see what a good marriage looks like, because then you're setting your child up for what hopefully is success, how people can disagree and be able to come back and decide that they're working as a team. It's a partnership. It's definitely something where we're in this together. And they may not agree with the other person, but they're going to go, okay, I'm going to defer to your judgment. We're going to do it this way. Uh, just because, you know, I want our kids to see how we work through problems. I think that's the best gift that any parent can give their kids. And honestly, I haven't heard any anybody say that in the interviews that we had. The second gift that I think a parent, dad or mom, can give is to be encouraging and to be honest. I think that it's not just time. It's about demonstrating how we have to have healthy balance in our life. So you would be able to balance, okay, I'm going to spend X amount of hours in work. I will spend this amount of time with my spouse, my partner. And then I will spend this amount of time with my kids and showing that balance in life is really important because you, as a parent, we're supposed to raise our kids and expect that they're going to leave the nest. They're going to leave. Yeah. We want them to do that, to be able to be contributing people to society, to actually make a difference. Mm -hmm. If we're doing our job well, that should change, that should happen. And the change that happens in that relationship when our child becomes an adult is one of more peers than not this parent-child relationship. And that will never change. But seeing your adult child as a peer and being able to not parent them the same way that you would a child, but parent them in the way that you're a mentor, you're there yeah. to be a confidant. You're there to be a lot of things for that, that child. So dads would be teaching their sons how to treat women, how to be uh, somebody that can be a provider, to be a good partner in the family. Uh, even if the parent is not married, that dad would still be not throwing the mom under the bus. Yeah. They need, figure. or whoever, yeah. but you know, the the mom, 
um, or the whoever the other partner is, they should really be able to demonstrate a lot more maturity and pass along wisdom. I heard one of the people that we when we did these interviews, you did the interviews, yeah. Right? When that was happening, that they really acknowledged that was the role of a dad. So I feel like uh, any, anything that parents give, it would be there. And what was interesting when we listened to all of these ways that the kids would say how they showed they loved their parent was with the purchase of something material, a, a material object instead of, there was just a few that said, what my dad likes is time. So I give him my time. There are five love languages. And time is one of those love languages that we can use. Gifts is another, communication, words of affirmation. There's a fifth one and it's not at the top of my head. It'll come to me in a minute, I'm sure. But the ability to give time to somebody is, is priceless. It doesn't have a figure on it. Those are all love languages. No, oh, we'll look it okay. up. We'll okay. look it up. We'll definitely look it up. In the meantime, it's really important to know as a, as a parent, whether it's a dad or a mom, how does this child want to be shown that they're loved? For you, you just said it was like, you like presents. That was the first word yeah, out of your mouth. Yeah, because um, I grew up being humble. So I grew up not really, I wouldn't say having a lot because I kind of did, but my mom just taught me so well of like, you have to work on. You have to work on trying to get this. So I don't know if that's humility as much as a work ethic. Yeah. So just humility just, is different. Being humble and having a, a, a humble heart is one that you don't need uh, a lot of praise. You don't yeah. need to have those, oh, you're amazing and all of this. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be the center of attention. Mm -hmm. That is different than what you're describing over here as being. Uh, somebody that is just you have a really good work ethic yeah you do so that's that's how my mom taught me of like okay if you want me to get this you need to like work hard on it mm -hmm. do it and that's pretty much what I've been doing for lately since uh like elementary so pretty much to this point um and then as you get older you don't really get as many presents because you are getting older and it's like you have a lot so mm -hmm. it's like what can anybody give you when you have stuff? There's yeah, exactly. really, there's really like a little amount. As, as I'm getting older, I'm like, I don't really need a whole lot. Like no. my mom asks me like, like after I graduated high school or even, even before that, I was like, oh, what do you, what do you want for your, I don't know. I have a TV. I have income. There's very this. little yeah. we actually, what we need in life and what we want are two different things. We need shelter. We need clothing. We need food, right? We also need love. On the same hand, what do we want? We we can live just as comfortably in a tiny home as you can yeah. in a mansion. It just means that if you have more, it takes more to maintain it. Yeah. So um, I, I feel like as you get older, I think for me, what I want more than anything, I think is just spending time with my family. I, I, I think as of right now, I think just that is the thing you can never get back yeah. time. There's only 24 hours in a day and how you choose that time and who you choose to spend it with says everything about yeah. who you are. So like right now, it's not like giving like, it's, 
and just spending time with them. Like, oh, you, you should, you, we should go out somewhere. Yeah, let's, let's go out somewhere. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much what we've been doing. Um, not as because of what happened with COVID. So these past year and last year, we weren't able to do anything. Um, so that, that, that was kind of a bummer, but they, uh, they do try their best of like, okay, um, what do you want to do? We should like go out and celebrate. It's like, yeah, we should, but you know, this COVID thing. So uh, we um, try our best to just like, especially now with the COVID thing happening, it's like, kind of like spend time as much as we can because soon, sooner or later, everything will be open and we'll have our lives, you know, she'll be mm-hmm. working, I'll be working soon, hopefully. And then my sister will be working as well. We'll be on a separate ways. And then whenever we do spend time with each other, like this past weekend, we went down to South Florida to see um, family. And it was it was great because like it was like just not 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 just us, but just er- er- everyone in general. We just went and uh, we had a fun time. And uh, it was cool seeing uh, other family members that I haven't seen in over a year, too. And how the um, kids are growing up, like there's kids that I saw them when they were this big and now they're like growing, like what happened to you? <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it was, it's really fun of like, um, just spending time with, with like others. Cause like, you don't know how long that will last. Yeah, and because we're all gonna die. Quick. That happened quick with uh, a couple of people that I've known that they randomly like passed away. And, and like, it was a big shock. Just realizing that, like, dang, like, like uh, spending time with them, like, helps. So let's take a moment to acknowledge our sponsor. The Intern Whisperer is brought to you by Cat5 Studios, who help you create games and videos for your training and marketing needs that are out of this world. Visit Cat5 Studios for more information to learn how Cat5 Studios can help your business. Thank you, Cat5 Studios. What is the best gift that you gave your dad? Maybe it was, it's either an Apple iMac, because he just uses that to play <laughs> Sudoku. Like. Ooh, my attention. I would definitely say my attention. My dad is a very uh, family-orientated person, so uh, everything that he does, there ain't no money, there's no special gift. Nah, it's, it's definitely about attention and time. He loves that. So. Being an entrepreneur like he is and being successful at it, um, I think was very rewarding for him. So it's not a, a physical gift I gave him, but I think being so much like him was uh, like a gift. So we're gonna look at the changing roles of dads, but the different types of dads. We know that there are biological dads, there are stepdads, there are um, dads that are in gay marriages. We can see that there's a surrogate dad. There's all different types of ways that men weigh into a parent-child relationship. The idea of fatherhood has changed quite a bit, even with what's been going on, uh, as we've seen with COVID. It's not that feminine model that we see for Mother's Day where people are given flowers, but more so it's just um, that celebrating what a dad does. Not the stereotypical things, but it can be like we saw that kid in the park where he was playing baseball with his dad, yeah. or maybe not baseball, it was catch, right? I think, was it? Yeah. No, it there was, was no football. bat there. I think it was a football. Okay, it was yeah, a ball. Was yeah, it was yeah. some sort of ball. It was either a football or a little ball that plays. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And those little things like that can make the biggest difference. So whether it's going fishing, flying, um, go-karting, playing catch, all of those things matter. The more you are involved with your children as a dad, it actually impacts them very positively. And this has changed a lot because of COVID. You brought that up earlier. It's the same. Now parents have been spending more time with their kids. We've seen that there's more family dinners that are happening. That definitely means more communication is going on. And that is a good thing. There's just no longer these um, drones of workers that you had mentioned where they're either in some type of a factory. We don't see that much in the United States, honestly, though, factories and manufacturing. It is going to be making a comeback, I'm pretty sure, but that's another conversation. It's more of being able to partake in just being a part of that role of uh, a provider in the home. You're making sure that dishes get done, trash gets taken out, all of those things still have to happen. So the modern role of a dad has changed. Many of the mothers and fathers are partners. They may not be married right away. There are some celebrities. We can look at Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell, never gotten married, but been together for years. I would definitely say that they are good parents. Uh, their children have acknowledged them as well as ones that are married and it just takes different types. So the role of fathers and what that looks like has changed a lot. They're more engaged now. They do wanna have that place of being active and involved with their kids more. We've seen that even with the kids being homeschooled. I mean, kids are around a lot. Yeah, especially now with the, with the COVID thing, um, I feel like a lot of kids are being homeschooled. Because of that. Oh, schools have opened up, they've started going back. About 50% of the kids oh, have okay. gone back. As of right now, you know, it was first of the year to now. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the fall of August of this year. Yeah, they're, they're seeing that everything is open. Um, it's open, but not all of the kids have come back into the classroom. I think oh, okay. by the end of the summer, and we're looking at fall when school opens up, more people have been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. If not vaccinated, they will have uh, made decisions about whether they're going to have their kid go back to school, whether it's public or private school, and how will that happen? Hopefully, I think that the real advantage of school is all about socialization. Yeah. And kids want to be around other kids. Yeah, they uh, want to be around with their friends. My sister had talked to us so many times that she's planning to go back on August because it's her last year. It's her senior year, and she wants to really, like, see her friends and stuff like that. So, uh, and I completely understand it's like, Go ahead, <laughs> you go. Yeah. So. so today's Father's Day can play a role in stressing the importance and the value of fatherhood and the gifts that a father in the family bestows on his children. So let's look at why some of the dads are beginning to stay at home. You have a lot of really good statistics here. Why don't we take turns alternating like what these facts and statistics are? Okay. You kick us off. Okay, so due to COVID, that's made up 17% of all stay-at-home parents in the U.S. That was pretty much 10% more than back in 1989, which is a long time ago, but it's kind of irrelevant because <laughs> of COVID. And because of that, there has been some 
reasons of it. So the reason was a lot was to pretty much uh, just helping their uh, kids out and just like spending time with them. So back in 2010, following the Great Recession, I don't know about that one, the Great Recession. We did have another recession at that point in time, though. The Pew Research Center reports that there was a high amount of uh, 2.2 million fathers, actually, that were stay-at-home dads in the United States. This was likely due to an increase of unemployment because of that recession. Now, in February 2020 and April of 2021, nearly 1.6 million men left the workforce, and that was to be able to spend more time working from home or being the person that was taking care of the kids. And that's according to the National Women's Law Center. What I have seen when I've talked to and I've read on social feeds is that parents that are at home, they're both working from home, or maybe one is going into the office, they were taking turns of being able to make sure that somebody was watching the, the children while the other one was at work, especially if that was working from home. Many of the things that came up that we have to be aware of when working from home is that work-life balance is a lot harder to do because you have interruptions. You'll hear the dog barking in the background. A cat is walking across your keyboard. The kids will run into the room and there might be some type of a disagreement. There could be somebody ringing the doorbell because your food is being dropped off or your groceries. There were so many things that were happening during uh, this last year of 2020 that these were problems people were trying to solve as they were working from home and also managing being a parent. And that was, that was a really challenging time, I think, for most parents at that time. So what about in 2016, Axel? 2016, 24% of stay-at-home dads said the reason for it was because they were they wanted to pretty much spend more time at home and also because of other factors like unemployment or just personal illnesses themselves. And they wanted to care for the family. Yeah. That's why. So in 2017, what happened? 76% of adults said that men face a lot of pressure to support their family financially, while 49% face a lot of pressure to be involved as a parent. That makes sense because mostly, if we look at the psychology of what makes up a way that a man is, is I guess by nature versus nurture, there is the side of how the expectations of what a man is supposed to do versus what their role has, has morphed into. It is one of those areas where typically a man is there to be a provider and a protector. And if that is the case, how are they providing for the family if they are a stay-at-home dad? And that is a dilemma that most women have been trying to make a case for. And I find it interesting that the tables have turned and made it so that, oh, well, whoever is the stay-at-home parent, regardless of gender, means that they have to be a bit of a psychologist. They have to solve the problems for their kid. They have to be the person that is the chef, taking care of the home, answering emails, you know, fielding problems, taking, if your kid gets sick, then you become the nurse. I mean, there's so many roles that the stay-at-home parent has to take on and when you're trying to juggle a job. I think that men became more aware 
of how women have had to struggle through that. And hopefully it made them more empathetic and a better partner. That's what I would think is coming out of it. But that research is still being gathered, to be honest. To help stay-at-home dads overcome these challenges and connect with other like-minded fathers, it was former New York City teachers that are now stay-at-home parents, Lance Sommerfeld and Matt Schneider, who created a New York City dads group back in November 2008. And Sommerfeld, who had just become a stay-at-home dad around that time, said the idea of this support group came about after he and Schneider experienced feelings of isolation as the only fathers at the playground surrounded by other moms. And that makes total sense. So I would think that as parents were going, taking their kids to the parks in 2020, we were seeing a more balanced perspective of what a parent may look like, whether it was male or female. So let's look at how the market, uh, what is the market, meaning you know retail industry, how is it that they are encouraging us to spend money on Father's Day? What, it, what was that first uh, statistic that you pulled out? So what I pulled out was that 75% of consumers stated that they plan to celebrate Father's Day in general, while 58% were planning to celebrate virtually. That's that pretty balanced. That was on a survey by INR Eccleston's for National Energy Federation. Mm, so very interesting. Many shoppers shared that the pandemic was more of a reason to celebrate Father's Day because it was really making sure that people were taking time to think about, well, what can I do for my dad that's going to be a unique gift? And a lot of times we saw this when kids would have their pictures taken um, with their dad because that, that may not have happened very much. But we also saw it when they were taking imprints of their children's hands that's something that's done in kindergarten, but I've seen a lot of really funny videos of dads interacting with their kids all of last year. And they were on Facebook. It was so funny, it's really cute things. Um, they were either bouncing, and, you know, like they did a big bounce house or they were doing races and then something would go um, askew, so to speak, where somebody was going to about to get hurt and the dad is over there saving the kid because no, I don't want my kid to fall out of the swing because we're trying to see who can swing the highest. Those were the types of things that were going on last year in 2020. Many shoppers shared that the pandemic as a gave another reason to spend. And that was also, I know I'm repeating myself there, but it was with consumers under 35 who had that kind of money to spend and recognize their dads. So how much do people plan on spending on Father's Day this year? $149 to be like, spend on Father's Day this year. Yeah, so dads are not getting, in this case, they're not getting, uh, let's see, flowers like they do for moms. They may be going out to dinner. I would think that taking your dad out to dinner, and it's probably going to be barbecue, because like, who doesn't love barbecue? Or it could be something else. That's true. Do you play golf? No, I know people that do. Yeah, I took lessons. It's hard. Yeah, it's not like baseball. I thought it would be similar to baseball, but no, it's completely different. No, yeah. You have <laughs> to different. make sure that one part of your body stays still. The other yeah. part is, yeah, it's ridiculously hard. And it's a very expensive sport to maintain. Yeah. So what about, what else did NRF tell us? 
They also said about like uh, buying 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 gifts for your dad. It was like because dads do work a lot, so a lot of them would probably like make like probably tools for like doing like mechanical work for their cars. Another one was like shaving tools, like tools for them to shave because mm-hmm. dads do shave. Grooming is tools. in. So yeah, so that that was a toolkit that I found as well as gardening like a lawnmower that some people would buy for their dad because yeah. you know they do the grass some of them do gardening like plant like uh, doing plants and stuff like that and then also sometimes we saw a toolkit of like knives i think it was right oh knives were yeah. so popular yeah and like knives um, because they're like a dual purpose uh tool so like pocket knives sometimes like like when you do a lot of like labor you probably have to cut a wire yeah, there was always in these knives, it was like a screwdriver, and then there was a nail file, and then there was uh, maybe a corkscrew, and they had everything. It was, yeah, it was, it was like cool. 35 things that you could do with a pocket knife. Yeah, it was amazing. The other thing uh, about Father's Day is it's really enabled dads to have the right gear for, you know, those home and garden shows, because dads are beginning to care more about what that backyard looks like. They want it to be a Mm -hmm. retreat, a bit of an oasis. So they're wanting to have really nice barbecue grills out there, wanting it to be set up. Maybe it's a jacuzzi, whatever it is that they're talking about, making it a definitely an, an oasis as well as a retreat. So what were some of the popular gifts that you found that people gave for Father's Day? So the most popular gifts that I found were a lot of them were green cards. What I think the list standard. standard Another thing would be like books. So I don't know that many dads that read books. Maybe like your older dad, like maybe grandfather would probably read books. I could see that because I because I do know a lot of older people that do read books. You know, I said that yesterday when you and I were talking, but I actually started asking around and no, they're reading books. So that was surprising to me. And this is like dads in their 30s and their 40s. I don't think. Yeah, they're reading. Yeah, it would be like more like grandfathers. No, surprising. (laughs) Now they read books as it relates to what their profession is or leadership books or books that were there to give. Yeah, books. some of those things, magazines too, not just books, but it could or be a magazine news, subscription. Newspapers. US know, News and World. Future, but <laughs> newspapers yeah. are there, but more like Wall Street, if you're talking <laughs> about something like that. Uh, you had, what else did you have on this list? Sporting Special goods. Care. Special care. Um, well, you said shaving. Well, that, that, that was with the tools and appliances with the shaving as well as. That's personal care, though. Okay. What else is personal care? I mean, other than... I was thinking of, like, taking care of them. Um, let's say if they've, like, gotten injured, you could do that. Maybe. Well, I don't know about that as a gift. But <laughs> what I've seen in the stores is that for personal care, it is a booming business for men because now there's all of these products that just for men, whether it's body wash or lotion for men or face some type of facial cream. I mean, there's more awareness. I've seen, that. I've seen commercials of that, of like soaps. Do you go to Target? No, I usually go to the dollar store and get myself stuff. Okay, in Target, there is, it's or, called- Or uh, Walmart. If you go to Target, 
there's a whole two rows that are dedicated to men and it says uh, men's beauty bar. And I'm not kidding. It is, it's considered beauty products, but not in what we think of as feminine. It's about just taking good care of yourself. A lot of men shave their heads. So they have things that are there for particularly for shaving your head. They have different products, whether it's colognes and aftershaves, um, moisturizer for men, under eye moisturizing. So there's more, I think, uh, what would I call that? But there's more of a desire for men to take care of the skin that they're in, so to speak. That's really cool. Yeah, it is. So car accessories also, men, men still like cars, no matter what, even if they don't fix them. So what I found when I did the research is that uh, it's all about personalization. So taking all of those things that you were mentioning and then putting your dad's name on it or you know, love from your kids, it was, this was very popular. And I, I think this is a cool gift is to have uh, pocket watches and have that engraved whether it was a special cup or a mug that was had some engraving on it also, and then having uh, pocket knives, those were engraved. My dad. That would be cool though, like engraving the person's name. And, like, mm -hmm. Yeah, you're less likely to throw it away or yeah. not use it, you know? <laughs> One of the things that my dad, he's, he's getting older, he's in his 80s now, and he had said that he was getting rid of all of the things that people had given him. So when he passes, it's not going to be a big deal. People aren't going to be going, oh, I want this and this and this. My dad sent me things that he asked me if I wanted them. And he, he said he had all of his pins and his awards that he got from when he worked at all of these defense contractors. When he was in the Air Force, I've got his ribbons and his medals. And he was a pilot in the Air Force. And then uh, he sent me his his hat collection. And I thought that was really funny because because when he called me, we talked just about every week. He said, okay, I'm gonna send you all of these things. And I want you to tell me which item do you remember giving to me for Father's Day? And I thought that was really funny. <laughs> and so when it came, I sat there and I looked at, there was 10 baseball caps. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I was going, I have no idea. The only one that stood out is my first two years of going to college. I went to University of Florida, and there was a Go Gators cap, and I went, well, that's got to be it, because I can't imagine my dad buying it otherwise. Uh, he wasn't, like, having a favorite of teams, unless they came from Kansas, where we're all from. And then the other thing that was in there, apparently, I gave my dad some jewelry, which I've never seen my dad wear jewelry. I don't even know why I would have done that. It was like a turquoise uh, necklace. And then there was some type of a ring. And I said, okay, when the package came, I asked him, oh, was it the baseball hat? I think it's this University of Florida. He said, yeah, that would be it. And I said, but I really don't remember giving you this, this necklace, this ring. And oh, there was a, uh, a money clip. And he said, yeah, you did. And I went, Dad, you don't wear jewelry. Why would I have given you that? He goes, I don't know, but you gave it to me. And I thought that was really funny. So my dad kept all of those things. They meant something to him. I don't even remember giving him those things, but what I know does matter to him is that I call him every week. That matters. So I think that when we personalize those gifts and we keep it on 
that whatever that love language is for that person, that begins to speak to what is important to them. And that creates the memory. Okay, our last half of our show here, we're going to be wrapping this up pretty soon here, but what will the career paths that dads have to choose from, from five to 10 years? Now, dads can be anything they want, to be honest. We looked at the 15 highest demand jobs in 2030 that could be the most in demand, according to Indeed.com. Software developer, I don't think that's any surprise. No, okay. so Everything is about like development, right? Software statistician, an information security analyst, a physical therapist, health services administrator, web developer, registered nurse, which is always interesting, I think. There's not enough men in that industry. We typically see women. A financial advisor, operations research analyst, a medical technologist, truck drivers, which I thought that was odd because I was pretty sure truck driving would be more of an autonomous thing by 2030, maybe not. No, due to the fact that there's transportation that you gotta go through, like transferring like food deliveries uh, to other states. Well, I think it can be truck driving can be local. It may not have to be long yeah. haul, but maybe there's a decline of people that are truck drivers. Or it could be in demand. That's what I was saying. Yeah, it could be in demand for long distance. Physical therapy aides, construction workers, nursing assistant, assistants, and home health aides. So all of those salaries range anywhere from 105000 to 24918 as a home health aide, which I still think would be very much in demand, especially as people may not feel comfortable going out or they want to age in place. There's now a movement to age in place. And that means not going to some type of a facility where it's all about seniors. It's more of being able to stay in the home and having somebody take care of you. So that's kind of low, you know, 24,000. I would think you'd want yeah, to have somebody. But maybe it's for people that don't require as much um, care, not uh, training, but or, care. Yeah. You know, because you're just helping them either to get out of bed or make sure that they eat. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah, like those types of things. So one of the things that I have the best memory of my dad is him teaching me. And it's always emotional for me. So I'm going to do my best. And he's still alive. But my dad was really tough. <laughs> he was so tough on us. Um, I did not pass my driver's license. I was 16, I went to go get my driver's <laughs> license and I could not parallel park. And I had practiced, but when I got up there, I could not pass. So my dad said, and this was, I think it was like in the spring of the year. He said, well, you're gonna spend the whole summer learning how yeah, to parallel yeah. park before you go and take Ooh. this test because you're gonna <laughs> make sure you can do it. And he made me every weekend go out and spend 30 minutes parallel parking every weekend for a whole summer, June, July, August. Um, At that point in time, I could parallel park like nothing. And people don't have to do that much anymore. So he made sure that I knew how to do that. My dad made sure that all of us knew how to drive a stick shift car. 
And that was funny, too, because there were times where I knew how to drive one and a man did not. And I was going, how is this possible? <laughs> you think it's a man thing, right? I did. Yeah, I, I don't know how to ride stage. Yeah. yeah. And I was driving U-Haul trucks that had a, a five, you know, five years in it. And I was able to do it. And I was going, okay, you know, I'm having somebody help me move. And I said, do you know how to drive a stick? And they went, no. And I went, how is this possible? So that was the second thing. The third thing that I think that my dad did that was truly amazing is I remember still being like 12, 13 years old from when I was a kid to about 12, 13. He made me sit next to him when he was working on the cars. I was on the pavement of the, of the house and he would say, hand me a socket wrench, hand me this. I ended up learning what those tools were what the names of them were, whether it was a, you know, a flathead screwdriver or the Phillips screwdriver. And I was able to hand him the right things. I learned more about cars than what I realized. And there's been three times I've gone to a mechanic and I've been right and the mechanics wrong. My dad taught me that stuff. And then the fourth thing, I guess I would say that I think that my dad did is he really drove both my parents drove a work ethic into all of us. However, he had said, uh, both of my parents actually, I wanted to get contact lenses. I had glasses. They said, well, if you want that, you're going to have to go and get a job. And sure enough, I went and did that. So the work ethic, the, the fact that I knew more about cars than what I realized, and I still do, like I understand what the mechanic is talking about when they're explaining anything to me about my car. I went, that's cool. The third thing is that, you know, he took the time to, to make sure that I could parallel park. That was significant. And also to be able to drive a, a stick. The thing that I think is really cool about my dad now is he, we, we talk about everything. And at one point in time, I had said, hey, dad, are you autistic? I'm not sure, but I think <laughs> you are on this spectrum because he, he doesn't have a lot of people skills and he there's a lot of stories I could tell that were different, but he would laugh and he would just say, you know, no, he's not, but he realizes he has uh, certainly his strengths and his challenges, but every week, every, just about every weekend we talk and we always start with, you know, what movies have you seen or what did you see on TV? And then it begins to have these really deep conversations and he's tracked all of our family back 10 generations and on my mom's side and on his side of the family and even you know kind of laterally as well as deep and it's truly amazing and he talks to me about all of these things about family and i i love that so we're going to finish our show out here where we're going to hear about these other great stories from other people so we went out to the street and asked people what is the best memory you have of your dad or the biggest sacrifice he made for you? You know, I would say it's work ethic. Uh, because like all my life, I've always known him be like first to wake up. Uh, you know, he always woke up like at four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. And some of that probably came from like his job. Um, but he would always wake up early, work long hours, to, um, no matter what, be there for your kids. Um, you know, you're going to be ups and downs, but be there for your kids. Um, 
you know, sometimes things doesn't work out the way you plan it, but um, you just got to recover from that and keep moving forward for your kids. And my kids, they mean the world for me. The best gift my dad gave me was just being there. Um, I know a lot of people don't have fathers or dads or anything like that. So him just being in my life, supporting us, being there for us when we need him, it's the best gift. You know, I guess it's probably like the amount of time that he's given, like working. And he likes he likes working. He likes doing things. Um, and, and I suppose I just remember, like as a little kid, you know, my dad's like an immigrant. You know, he wasn't born here in America. He came here and just worked. And, and I can remember like little flashes of memories. Um, so I remember somehow I remember being in New York, and he had a newspaper stand. And uh, I just remember sitting on the counter. Uh, and I heard stories of like, I would just take things and give it to customers for free. <laughs> they were like, don't do this. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, I remember sitting in the car with him when he delivered uh, bread. So he was like a bread delivery guy uh, when we were in Detroit. I remember like going to different grocery stores and helping him like carry the bread. Um, we didn't have material, a lot of material stuff, but him definitely teach me the value of uh, family. You know, family stick together no matter what, and nothing got to change that. You know, no care who comes successfully in life, you got to stick to family. So, yeah. My dad, he never missed like not even one single meet from like cross country or track and he was always there like screaming like um you know um egging me on and you know motivating me and um and i think that was really cool because i don't i don't think i knew of any other dads that went to every single meet like he didn't even miss like one and um by giving me hugs a lot of love a lot of it is showing support um you know making my daughter laugh um giving her lots of different experiences. Um, I think there's a different bit of energy between me and my wife. Um, so there's like a little bit of a dynamic going there. But we weren't very like, we weren't rich, but he made it seem like we had it all, you know? So he was really good at that. And um, also just providing throughout the whole, all the years, you know? Like willing to sacrifice his life, working every day to work, to support his family. I was just sacrificed. I mean, being at being at every event that I had, as far as like sports went, um, I, every graduation, like pre-K, uh, middle school graduation, high school graduation, hopefully soon my college one. Um, now that my, my dad has been around, that that that's probably the, the sweetest thing, or the best memory I have, and that that's a sacrifice. He's just been around. There's a lot of parents who haven't. When I was little, I, I didn't want to stay in the room alone. Like I didn't have, my siblings were a lot older than me. So I was almost like an only child. So um, he would often lay with me in bed before I went to sleep. And I, I would keep my hand on his face so that I knew if he would leave early, I could, <laughs> I would be alerted to it. And I'd be like, no, don't, don't go yet. So as I, we finish our show, I want to thank our production team, Axel Aponte, Elizabeth. Hey. Okay, he's over there. Hey, <laughs> Elizabeth Herbert, who is our new associate producer intern, the video and auditing team, Steve Neese, 
our video editor, and Raymond Ahmad Khan, Berkeley Walgamot, and Mitzari Rosales Vargas, who are video audio interns. So be sure to look for us on pod, in your favorite podcast channels on Podbean. Um, please subscribe to our show, share it, leave us comments, and be sure to visit internpursuit.tech and sign up to be an amazing employer for change. Thank you.